This is the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast with addiction specialist, Dr. Greg Lakin. Real people, real stories, real addiction, and real recovery journeys. The Road to Recovery starts now. Thank you, Phil. You know, we have a guest today I'm very excited about because he's got a great story to tell. And uh, one of the things we want to do is, and, and nobody knows this better than Marcus, if we can inspire others to go get treatment or if we can inspire others to stay strong with their treatment, um, the, the, the end result is good. And so that's why I'm excited to have Marcus here. Marcus has a great story to tell. And um, it's so typical, and yet um, he will tell you what, what it's like to be um, totally clean. But Marcus, tell us about how, how you got started with drug addiction. Uh, well, Dr. Lakin, I appreciate you having me. Um, you know, I really got started with, with drug addiction in the beginning. I was drinking a lot. You know, I came back from overseas at the war and had some issues with PTSD and, and things like that and was really drinking a lot. And then I had some uh, pain management issues and was given OxyContin, uh, which I took for over a year without abusing it. And then I realized I didn't have to drink anymore. I felt awesome on the OxyContin and uh, just proceeded to abuse the heck out of it. You know, uh, wasn't getting any help for my PTSD and it just kind of escalated. I was I was using the opioids as a crutch to, to deal with the PTSD. And over the years, uh, it, it progressed and progressed and progressed uh, in and out of recovery. Um, and I, got to the point where I was totally depleted mentally, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually, and I, I didn't know what else to do. So, you know, recovery became necessary for me. The, the, the pain was out, out, out risking, or outdoing the, 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 the pain was, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, no, but pain is always a trigger. It absolutely it's, it's is. It's always and, a trigger. And, and in order yeah. to change, you, you have to have that pain, and otherwise there's no reason to recover, so uh, you know, I I, uh, I did go ahead and and, and do the the methadone treatment, um, which I was on and off of for about ten years, fifteen years between you know the times on, times off, and then some recovery intermittently there, um, you know. But I wasn't I wasn't doing it the right way, you know. I wasn't being honest with everybody. I was uh, doing it the way I felt I should do it, and. Uh, you know, I ended up uh, doing intravenous methadone. I put in a, an IV every morning and inject my oral methadone, um, which, you know, I started getting some infections. I started uh, having really bad problems with my PTSD, psychiatric issues, um, and I was basically forced into, uh, into recovery. Thank God, you know, I've, uh, I've been almost three years off the methadone now, and uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about the re recovery community. Um, there, there is a way to do it, and and it starts with some honesty. Um, there's a lot of help out there, but you have to look for it. Um, so early on, I mean, you had underlying mood disorder, absolutely, and then and then you were able to take enough opioids or highlight that you just numbed that entirely. I'm I'm assuming. I mean, right. that's very common to have maybe maybe. Really, the underlying problem could be the mood disorder, but the headline, of course, is the addiction. So, you used opioids really to treat PTSD, maybe anxiety, maybe depression, all of the above. Yes, just numb it. Absolutely, numb it. I kind of compartmentalized all my feelings, like they told us to do in the military, and and uh, you know, it it 
comes to a head at some point and you've got to deal with it. So, you know, I got a lot of help and I'm very grateful for uh, the community now and the uh, medication-assisted recovery stuff that uh, I was able to finally get clean by, by going down that road and I'm very grateful for that today. And well, and I never did thank you officially for your service. I know that um, it's a huge sacrifice and you have no idea uh, what people go through. Although there's people out there certainly in your same position that maybe are too proud or um, to, to ask for help or even yeah. really address that 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 the PTSD is certainly right. a, a big reason for the onset of, of many addictions. So did you notice during your treatment, I mean, how, how did your brain, and I, I maybe I focus on this too much, but it it's not... A quick and easy fix is it? You really absolutely have to ha have to let your brain kind of stabilize. Could you tell that that was happening, or, or what was effective for you? You know, absolutely. I think that's the key, um, and that's when it comes to medication assisted recovery. You know, you you've got to give it the time, and and you as a practitioner know what's best. And coming in and doing your own program doesn't work. You know, getting honest with your practitioner, doing things the way they're meant to be done. Um, and it takes quite a little while, you know, you, the addiction didn't happen overnight. So, you know, it takes a while to kind of come back into that equilibrium in your, in, in your head. And, uh, some people need more help than others with that. But, uh, you know, it's a case by case basis, but it is, it is possible for everyone. So, you know, um, I'm happy that I can help with anybody. Sure. And actually it is funny that you mentioned this because, People that are in this reactive fight or flight world, and it really is the addictive mindset where everything's gone limbic, everything is fight or flight, everything's the fear of running out of drugs, the fear of going through withdrawals, the fear of running out of money for drugs. It actually is more closely related to PTSD than it is to generalized anxiety disorder. So that same part of your brain, PTSD, everything is amplified, certain triggers amplify it, certain friends, certain certain sensations are amplified. I mean, did you ever, have you noticed that once you got the addiction under control, the PTSD finally started calming down? Or? It absolutely did. And when I came into recovery and, and was on, I, I eventually got on Suboxone. And uh, at that point, I was able to uh, kind of focus on my, my emotional disorders and, uh, you know, the PTSD, the, I think they said bipolar disorder, but, you know, I was able to take the medication appropriately and, uh, have a rapport with my, uh, professionals that, uh, you know, I got on the right medications done the right way. And, uh, it's, it's been wonderful, you know, sure. so. And it wasn't an easy path. I mean, with some of the psychiatric diagnoses, and some of the psychiatric medicines, it takes a while to start working. It takes a while to find the right dose of the right drug, and and it takes a while for it to work. So you were at least patient enough to to stick with it long enough that that we got to the place where you need to be. Is that fair to say? That's absolutely fair to say. And you know, I was just very grateful to have wonderful uh, healthcare professionals to help me out along the way. Right. And you tell tell people what you do today. I mean, they want to hear. Um, and certainly I'm very impressed with what you've done since. I mean, you've been clean for how long now? Going on three years off the methadone. Okay. I still do do this Suboxone at a small dose. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of coming off of that. But, you know, 
today I'm, I'm just taking it a day-by-day day basis, just like they say in the recovery rooms, um, one day at a time, and I've, I've certainly learned what that means. Um, so I, I try to stay in the moment. You know, I've, I've started to utilize things like mindfulness and meditation uh, uh, combined with, with the, uh, the pharmaceuticals that I take for the, the mental health and the Suboxone, it's all a very a big balancing act, act oh, if you will. So, yeah. yeah. But now you know that it's it's worth it. It's absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. Hey, could I ask a quick question? Did you? Um, and thank you for your service. I'm a fellow vet with you, so uh, I do appreciate uh, the military. Um, did you get treatment through the military? I did not. Okay. I did not. Because I, I was just curious. Um, no, I, I, I was in, uh, I've been to treatment seven times, all for uh, alcohol and, and over, over, uh, overdoses on opioids, as well as benzodiazepines. So it, it was outside the military. But yeah, I got a lot of help along the way. Okay. And tell us about the benzodiazepines. I mean, that's another great risk out there especially when it's mis mixed with opioids but absolutely yeah. you know I've, I've really taken it upon myself with kind of my background to, to really educate myself so that I can help educate others you know the benzodiazepines are, are just it's a it's a cocktail you know and you will die you know the respiratory depression combined with the opiates especially Xanax um, is is you know, it's a horrible thing, and, and a lot of people overlook that, and it ends up biting them. Yep. You know, most of our, our overdoses we see are a combination of the opioids and benzodiazepines. Right. And I tell people, benzos make you stupid. You, Absolutely. You, 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 it lowers your sense of ability to assess risk. It lowers your sense of caution. You just, did I take my Lorcab? I don't know. I'll take some more. Did I take my Xanax? I don't know. I'll take some more. You will literally gork yourself because you are not... You're just nonchalant about everything. Right. It yeah. kind of depresses that frontal lobe. Yes. So, you know, yes. it's uh, absolutely. You know, and for every for every drug that instantly changes your mood, there's a rebound effect. And so yeah, I think we work and you you've lived this now, but we work hard on Xanax. It doesn't matter what drug it is. Alcohol, for every high there's a low. Opioids, for every high there's a mm -hmm. low. For benzos, for every low there's a high, you know, with anxiety. And so we live in that reactive drug Every quick fix is counterproductive. So the drugs that work the best are those that are controller medicines and those that are long-acting, as you well know, Certainly. suboxone, buprenorphine, uh, methadone, long half-life. It stops this emotional roller coaster ride that keeps you in the limbic, addictive world. And pretty soon you'll feel your brain start to shift and you'll feel back in control and you'll start making logical decisions. And I mean, could you tell, and this takes months, but could you tell the brain shift where you're out of that and you're now making good conscious decisions and you're... Without a doubt, you know, I, I definitely was able to notice, you know, that, that roller coaster effect of up and down kind of levels out after a while and uh, normal life starts taking over again and uh, it's worth it every every minute of it, you know. So uh, it gave me a, a, a new respect for life, you know, and uh, it, I, I just have to keep saying it's worth it. Give it... Give it time, effort, and, and honesty, and it'll happen. It sounds like uh, early on, when you were maybe on your first treatment, you said you weren't honest with yourself, Correct. and that's, that was failure for right. you. Right. I didn't realize that's what was going on, but my pride and my ego, you know, they wouldn't let me be honest with myself, so I 
obviously couldn't be honest with the people trying to help me. So uh, that was a big deal for a long time. Wow. And I noticed er, and you, early on, when you're in that reactive world, you want that pill to work. And you want oh, to be absolutely. better, you want to be off drugs, you want to be... And, and how does that work when you're impatient about treatment? How does that work? It doesn't work at all. You know, yeah. you, you go into... And, and you're so used to that getting that quick fix that uh, you think that's what what or, uh, treatment is going to do for you and that that you know is a, is a common myth you know at first you feel a little bit better you start feeling better um, you start feeling again for for many many years I don't think I felt emotion and at first it, it was overwhelming but uh, enough work went into the right areas I was eventually able to you know have a life that 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 I I felt was was worth it again and did you go through I noticed when you're artificially giving yourself dopamine surges with whether it's an opioid or methamphetamines or did you notice that then when you finally got off of that stuff did it feel like there was a void did you feel like you needed something did it feel or would you go through that stage where you're like something's missing and and but you powered through it. Yes, yes, and, and you know that's that's where the the twelve step programs, the anonymous programs, come into play. There is that void within yourself, um, and really, from my experience, a, it's a, a spiritual malady, and uh, becoming one with yourself and, and with with God, as I I call God, uh, which I believe, and. Uh, that spirituality comes about you and you start living a life again that, that you feel is worth it and you, you start living for other people as well as yourself, you know. So so a selflessness, you know, today if I if I help someone, you know, I'm not thinking about myself and my problems. So it it tends to balance things out. And you you learned that yourself, helping others get you out of yourself. That, Absolutely. That is so, that it is was so, definitely, you know, I, I by doing that, I, I experienced it and started propagating it. So, yeah, and then by giving, becoming spiritual, the you, you you the shame you carry around over your addiction that you dwell on in the past, you're forgiven for that. Absolutely. And the uncertainty of the future, you've empowered God to help you through that. Right. And then you talked about, which I think is so powerful, other ways to calm your reactive brain, which. Mindfulness, meditation, you know, there's other things out there. You, you, what do you do on those? Uh, you know, uh, Diane Steves really got me hooked on the mindfulness and, yeah. and out of uh, Valley Hope here, which is a treatment facility. They started putting that into their program. And I start, you know, I, I went through some dialectic behavior therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. And, you know, I, it wasn't really working for me, but, you know, I wasn't sober, so I, I, I wasn't really trying it out. But I, I went down the mindfulness path a little bit, and it really helped me with uh, especially my, my sleep cycle. There in the beginning, coming off opiates and benzos, you know, the depressants, I, find, I found it hard to get a lot of rest. But uh, the mindfulness kind of calmed me down and, and focused my mind so that I was able to kind of rest properly again. And I think that's a big deal. People kind of overlook that in a way. Right. And it's just another way, a very lasting and long-term way of being aware of that reactive part of your brain and, and calming it down and being aware of that inner voice and how self-destructive it can be. Is is that fair to say? Or maybe that's my word. Absolutely. But, you're, but you're, I, 
Definitely Anki there. Yeah. Yeah. No, wonderful. No, wonderful. No, and tell people about your education and stuff. It's not like you haven't excelled <laughs> at your, or maybe you don't want to. I don't know, but but not not everybody has your your knowledge base. And you know, uh, one thing I'll say is that you know you, you can't outlearn addiction. Um, you know, I I my, I I went to undergraduate. I was in microbiology. Then I went to pharmacy school. Then I went into pharmacology and toxicology research, and um, I found that uh, I was trying to outlearn the addiction. I thought that the more I knew, uh, the less powerful the addiction would be, and that was absolutely the inverse of it. I, I, the more and more I knew, the worse it got. So I had to kind of give up and, and just uh, remain. Uh, stupid to be sober is, is said a lot of times, but you know it, it's, it's such a simple process, and with a little bit of honesty, you know, it goes a long, long way. No, I've, I've come across people many times where they think, okay, I got it this time. You know, I got out of treatment, I'm sober for a while, but this time I can take a little bit of whatever drug it is because I know more about it and I can handle it, and this time I'll, I won't let it get away from me. But that, that never happened. I mean, right. I've never heard of anybody that can successfully take drugs. I've never named one. So, no, yours is a, is a, is a great story. Anything else you'd like to tell people out there? I mean, um, about little tricks that you learned that, that um, I mean, it wasn't easy. And you certainly had waxes and wanes of, of, of success. But certainly, certainly. I, I would just tell people to give it time and, and just be as honest as you can possibly be because there are the programs out there. You know, it, it's so exciting to see the, the medication-assisted recovery that's out there for people now to kind of ease them into a life of recovery and um, you know and putting together all your, your tools that you learn in treatment uh, going to anonymous meetings uh, working with other alcoholics and addicts um, you know doing those other things like mindfulness and, and meditation and other you know therapy for me was was a big deal in overcoming my PTSD and uh, all of that together gave me a, a pretty good shot of, of staying clean and sober today and I don't worry about that as far as tomorrow until it comes. Yeah. So, And really in the end you had to take complete responsibility for your own sobriety and you had to make the changes really unless you have total buy-in like you said and complete honesty you're not you can't play the victim anymore. Right. You, you can't. You, right. Yeah. That is one of the most dangerous things, I think, and that makes people evade recovery is, is that victimization. You know, you've got to take responsibility and, uh, you know, allow yourself to get helped. And you illustrated, you're a good example, where people get misdiagnosed sometimes with all these bipolar. Well, if you're on drugs, of course you're going to have mood swings Absolutely. or ADD or ADHD. Well, if you're in that fight or flight and you're on, you know, and that, you don't have good short-term memory. If you don't get good sleep, you don't have good short-term memory. So people get misdiagnosed oftentimes and then they can hang on that diagnosis and be a victim. And I, and I, I really appreciate the fact that you've, you've, you don't, you don't play the victim. And, and you can't. Well, you know, the, I wouldn't even call it so much misdiagnosis. I think coming off of, of the, the drugs that, you know, affect that limbic system, of course you're going to have bipolar disorder, anxiety, right. sleeplessness, you know, all types of stuff. But, you know, that's, that's, that's waning. It, it goes away 
and, and in the cases that it doesn't, getting the appropriate help for it uh, is definitely necessary for me. You know, the mental health aspect is absolutely necessary for me to address on a daily basis. So uh, that's that has basically, like the other things, increased my, my odds of staying sober. Right. So. And I stand corrected because it may not be a misdiagnosis. It's just hard to get a good diagnosis when you're taking drugs. I, I think yeah. they, they are misdiagnosis at the yeah. time, but what I was saying was yeah. they, it, the symptoms are there, so it's there. So right. you have to kind of treat it for the, for the long haul uh, after you get sober and, and you, you start to equilibrate and get back into life and then reassess because you've got to have a baseline, you know, figuring out where you're at once you get off the drugs. Do you need to, to treat the depression and the anxiety? And, you know, right. once that brain returns to normal, you know, then go from there. Yep. No, you're exactly right. Treat the drug addiction and any mood disorders at the same time. Yes, Phil. Yeah, I had a question. You said that you've been clean now for about three years. Congratulations, Thank by you. the way. Um, when did you start feeling normal after that? I mean, not not so much normal, but you started uh, clarity and went through your uh, getting clean from like, uh, did it take a year and you started, and that's when you started feeling a little bit better? Or... Back in control? Yeah. 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 I will it. say, um, you know, I, I was a little bit different. I had to go to the mental hospital to... Uh, uh, God, be a Christie mental health for a month and, and be kind of weaned off the methadone and be put on the right medications for my mental health. Uh, because without that, uh, I don't think I stood a chance at recovery. Um, then I went to a, a month at Valley Hope, which it was really surprising. I thought I was going to need more than that. So pretty much immediately coming off the methadone and being put on Suboxone, I, I gained a clarity that I hadn't had in years. So I, uh, I, I believe at that point, I started having more time that I, I felt clear. It wasn't all the time, but, you know, over probably about a year, Phil, I, th I think that I started feeling confident that I was really doing what I needed to do to stay sober and clean. And I was starting to live a, live a life that was worth living again, you know, so I, I think that's accurate. Absolutely. Well, that's so neat. Congratulations again. Thank you. I guess you can't say it enough. So. Well, I appreciate you helping us out and uh, and telling your story. And stories are powerful. And and uh, I have no idea that you'll help some people just just by hearing your story. It's that's why I'm here. Story of success. If, if, so. if it helps one person, that's yeah. worth it. Well, I bet it will help more. But I appreciate you very much, Marcus. And thank you. Thank for, you. Thank you for, for having for, me. For for having the courage to just tell us your story. My pleasure. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Lakin is a board-certified family medicine doctor with an emphasis in addiction medicine and over 25 years of experience. For addiction recovery services in the Wichita area, please visit www.centerforchangeks.com or visit samhsa.gov for a national directory of resources and recovery centers in your area. You can also find these links in the podcast description. Thank you for listening to the Lake and Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast. And remember, you've got this.